This morning, I want to speak to you on overcoming a depressing atmosphere. Overcoming a depressing atmosphere. So everything has been very, very prophetic from the song ministration and the ministration from the children. Amen. Hallelujah. Overcoming a depressing atmosphere. The word depressing is to make sad. It means to be gloomy or be lower in spirits. A state of dejection and despair. Or to lower in force. Lower in vigor. Lower in activity. Sometimes the economy is even described as being in a state of depression. So depression is not a good thing because atmosphere matters. Atmosphere matters. God operates in an atmosphere of faith. Satan operates in an atmosphere of fear and doubt. And whenever there is a gloomy, depressing atmosphere, it does not bring the presence of God, it brings the presence of the devil. When people continue in a state of depression, suicidal thoughts get in and they want to end it all. And so this morning, you don't need an atmosphere of depression, but you need an atmosphere of God's presence in the name of Jesus. The other synonym for depression or depression is upsetting, heartbreaking. You don't want this atmosphere. Every time we leave, we are either in a particular state of joy or gloom, but you need the constant presence of God's presence. Amen. And some of you and some of us have been through, in the past few weeks and days, some kind of bad news throughout the week. We've had bad news. My bereavement, the passing of my dear mom, is bad news enough. It can create a lot of depressing atmosphere around you. When there's a depressing atmosphere, you can't pray. You can't do so many things. Worry sets in rather than joy. The increase in energy prices has created a gloomy atmosphere for many people. The salary is not going up, but everything salary will do is going up. So very soon salary becomes useless because the take-home pay can't take you home. <laughs> the economists are speaking. <laughs> so the cost of living has gone up. Salary hasn't gone up. And it can create a depressing atmosphere, a state of despondency, gloom, and doubt, and not sure what is happening. And then the war in Ukraine and its attendant challenges and problems. And the longer it goes on, the more things are going to be bad, as the experts predict. But we have a God who is in heaven. Hallelujah. I mean, Ukraine is the third largest producer of corn in the whole world. So the more the place gets bombed, and farmers run away, then corn will be in short supply. Those of you that like corn and all the things that we can do with corn, especially if you're a gamma. If you give us corn, it's enough. We can create all kinds of things with it and we will survive. It means that a lot of guns will go hungry if the war continues in Ukraine. It is a major producer of oil. It's a very, very powerful country, and it's a very large country. 
And what is going there on there is affecting so many things and the sanctions on Russia. All these things is creating a depressing atmosphere. But I came to understand to understand from God's word that when such atmospheres are created, it doesn't let God move. When the people of God are under an atmosphere that is depressing, they can't see the presence of God. But I tell you, in the midst of crisis, you can arise if you know what to do. And this morning, I came to encourage you that we can overcome a depressing atmosphere. Sometimes things are not going so well that in the home, everything is so down and depressing and you are unable to pray. You feel so sorrowful. Every plan and prediction and calculation you made is going out the roof and out of the window. But I came this morning by the word of the Lord. We can arise out of every depressing situation. Don't enjoy that atmosphere. Don't enjoy it. Resist it in Jesus' name. Please come with me to Job chapter 5 and the verse number 8 to 12. Job 5 8 to 12, Job went through a state of depression. The Bible tells us in chapter 1 of Job that he was a righteous man, that no one can, is, is equal when it comes to righteousness. This man is right in the sight of God. When you talk righteousness, you are talking about him. In fact, one day God boasted somewhere in Ezekiel or Jeremiah. He said, if I want to destroy the world, the people have sinned in the place, and I want to destroy the place. If I find Someone like Job, Joseph, and Daniel, I won't destroy the place. These three, they stand out when it talks about righteousness and holiness. There is no blemish about these three. Job, Joseph, Daniel. God said, if I find them in a place, no matter how the place is bad, and I want to destroy, I won't destroy it because of these people. So Job was a man of God. Bible says God boasted about him. But in one day, he lost his business. One day, all his investment, the pastor was a rich man too. One day, everything went down. And not only was his business was collapsing, in one day, all his children died. All his children died in one day. Everything went bad. A state of depression and gloom. And by the time we got to chapter 5, the Bible says that his friends even came and they wanted to accuse him of so many things. They said, normally God will not do this thing. Nobody will suffer this if they have not done any evil. And he looked at them and said, you are miserable comforters. <laughs> you, you don't know how to comfort. You, you don't know. You just came to accuse me. I haven't done anything. And the man was going through this when he wrote chapter 5. He says, but as for me, I would seek God. And to God, I will commit my cause. Hallelujah. Lift up your right hand and say, as for me, I will seek God. And to only God, I will commit my cause. Hallelujah. Sometimes you go through moments of depression because people are lying about you. As for you, commit and seek God. And to him alone, commit your cause. Your cause, your matter, the thing that is eating you up. He said, what I'm going through, I will seek God. So the first thing to do to overcome a depressing atmosphere is to seek God. Tell somebody, seek God. Hallelujah. He said, I will seek God because and to God alone, I would commit my case. I will commit my case to him alone. Because sometimes... One of the reasons why you must see God alone is that there's a limit to what humans can do. Sometimes when you are going through some moments that causes depressing moments, only you know what you are going through. 
Everybody will come and say things, but only you, only you. It is said that it's only the coffin, the cops that know how hot the coffin goes at a point in time. It is only the coffin, the cops in the coffin that knows how hot the coffin goes at a point in time. It's only you. You know, when you are in moments of grief, people will come, they will say things and all. But when they leave, you are still alone. <laughs> you are left to fend for yourself alone. There's always that point where you are alone still after everyone has come and gone. It's still you alone. And it's only you that understand what you are going through and how you are grieving. But God understands us better. Amen. And he's in the best place to lift us out of that state of depression. The Bible says that, and the reason why Job said, I will seek God, is that he says, this God, verse 9, because he does great things and unsearchable things, marvelous things without number. When you think you have come to the end of the road, when we get to God, he's able to do some great things. So let's run to him. There's a limit to the promises of men. The promises of men can fail, but God has unlimited resources that he can link you up to. So when you come to the end of the road and your back is to the wall, don't give up. Seek God because of this. This God you must seek. He does great things and unsearchable things and marvelous things without number. He gives rain on the earth and sends waters on the fields. He sets on high those who are lowly and those who mourn, he lifts them to safety. Hallelujah. Those who mourn, God has a way of lifting them over to safety. And then he says, and he frustrates the devices of the wicked of the crafty, so that their hands cannot carry out their plans. This covers everything. That even if the cause of your depression is the devil, the Bible says God knows how to frustrate the enemy so that their hands cannot carry out their wicked enterprise against you. And this is the reason why you must seek God. When things are looking bad, please seek God. I love the NLT too. Let's look at the same verse in the NLT. It says, if I were you, I would go to God and present my case to him. Hallelujah. I said if I were you, I would go to God and present my case to him. Because only God understands your case better than any other human being. Any other human being will, will, will try to guess, to try to understand. You know how they say we guesstimate. You see, estimation is, is one, but when you are guesstimating, you are guessing to estimate. <laughs> but it's only God who understands what you are going through. You know, sometimes when you are going through challenging times, people come and say, you know, what, in what way can we help you? You know, people say things like that. And sometimes you, you can say some things, but Probably sometimes they, even, they don't even understand the need. What you really need, they can't get it. But it's only God who understands your heart. He understands your pain. Sometimes when you are describing your pain, you even limit it because sometimes you just can't trust everybody to pour out everything. But God, you can trust him and pour out everything because he has no business betraying you. And when God blesses you, he won't use it against you. There are some humans when they bless you, they will later on use it against you. And because of that, sometimes you don't want to open up and even call for help. But may you learn to seek God. 
Job said, if I were you, I would go to God and present my case to him. I will seek him. Because, verse 9, he does great things. Too marvelous to understand. He performs countless miracles. He gives rain for the earth and water for the fields. He gives prosperity to the poor and protects those who suffer. He frustrates the plans of schemers so the work of their hands will not succeed. Amen. And the way we seek God is that seek him in his word. When we seek him, we seek him. How do we seek him? Seek him in his word. His word is him. In the beginning was the word, John 1.1. 1, 1. The word was with God. The word was God. And all things, including you and all problems in this world, were created by him and for him. And without him was not anything made that was made. In him is life. And this life is the light of man. Hallelujah. And that's why the scripture goes on in the verse number 12 to say that as many as received him, to them he gave power to become children of God. And verse 14, it says, and we beheld his glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. His word is himself. So we seek him in his word. And the way we do it is that depending on what you are going through, you look for a word of God, a scripture. To put your hope in. Every problem this world will present, its solution is in the word of God. And so when we seek God in his word, we look for a scripture that speaks to our situation. May the Holy Spirit inspire you to locate a scripture that speaks to your situation. In the name of Jesus. And then you look for him in his word. What promises are there in the word that speaks about your situation? And in the word of God, there are thousands of promises that speak to our situation. So we seek him in his word and we look for, in that word, promises of God. And then we look at case studies of how he has dealt with similar situations in the past. So if it's a case of, I'm growing, I don't get anyone to marry. Just go back to Genesis chapter 2 and see that Adam was also lonely. He had a lot of pets, thousands of them, millions of them. It was God who said, it is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper suitable for him. Even when there was no human being to choose from, God has a way of bringing a woman out of a rib and presenting Present her to him. If God could do that for Adam, then your case is not worse. I said your case is not worse. Because in the case of Adam, it's animals and trees. God even brought a woman. You have got others around. God will know how to locate you. In Jesus' name, Nancy, thou shalt not worry. God will make a way. Charles has escaped. My mother even knows him. She's been listening to the messages. She said, so that Charles, has he now married? Because <laughs> when I preach, I mention people's names. So she also, faithfully every Sunday, she listens to the messages. So, so that Charles, she said, you worry him a lot. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Find a scripture that speaks on the matter. 
and look at how God dealt with that. So if God could do that for Adam, then he can do yours for you in the name of Jesus. If the man is in Kosovo, God will bring him. If he's in Russia, he knows what to do. Praise God. If maybe for one of you, the person is in Ukraine and you are the reason why the war. So that the man can run and seek refuge next door. God knows what to do in every situation. Hallelujah. Look at him in his word and you will see that the word of God speaks to every issue on the face of the earth. And I've come to realize that if the world was created by the word of God, then there's no problem this world can hand to me that the word of God can deal with. Hallelujah. Amen. So God deals with issues. He says, case of barrenness, go to him and say, Father, there was the case of Hannah and that of Rebecca and even that of Mary. If a virgin can have a child, then Lord, my case is, is not that bad. That you are able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above what I ask or think of. Amen. Throughout the word of God, such promises are there. So you seek him in his word that way. That's how we seek God. You seek him by taking the scriptures, asking for inspiration. Or you can call pastor and say, pastor, this is what I'm going through. Are there any scriptures as I seek God? So you get guidance in your seeking of God. And then you look for cases. That's how the apostles prayed. They prayed based on the word of God. And they look at how God dealt with matters. And they use that as a case to present to God. Precedence to win their case. Amen. Hallelujah. So you seek him in his word. And number two, you seek him in prayer. You seek him in prayer. In moments of despair, pray. And I know that when we are going through crisis, sometimes we are unable to pray. But I pray for you this morning that you receive strength to pray. Because as I've always said, prayer doesn't make sense, but it works. The problem is that when we are going through moments of grief, despair, and all the things, sometimes you don't have the strength to pray. May you have reserves of divine strength to pray. Because it is still the only way out of a state of depression. A depressed atmosphere brings demons. See, God is everywhere, but the manifest presence of God is not everywhere. You have to invoke it into a place. It must be an atmosphere under which you walk. And that is why it's some kind of hard work, but I need to teach you that one to know how to deal with this in Jesus' name. Because we don't need that depressing atmosphere. We don't need it. In Jesus' name. It takes you down, down, down until you give up. And you feel there's no hope. So you seek him in his word and you find something to lay on. And then you move on to seek him in prayer. And sometimes prayer is twofold. When we seek God in prayer, we seek by first of all asking questions. There are prayers you pray that you just, it's a prayer of inquiry. Like David in 1 Samuel 30. He had gone to fight the battle of the Lord. And when he returned, he and his 600 men realized that where they had camped for all these years, as he was running away from Saul and was on his way to become king, all his investments had been destroyed. The Amalekites had invaded the south. And the Bible said they destroyed everything and burnt the whole city down. 
Think about it. They have stayed in this place for a while with their wives and their children. That means they've invested in the place and every investment is up in smoke. It can kill you. If your investment is in a particular place, I remember years ago, there's a very popular market in Accra called Makola Number One Market. It caught fire. A woman just wants to jump into the fire and end it all because her everything is in that thing. It can kill. And David arrived and this is what had happened. And all his mighty men, and the Bible says they wept. Men crying. The Bible said they cried until there was no more strength to cry. And after they have finished crying, they did what naturally we do. We have to find someone to blame. So all the 600 men decided they would blame David. What kind of calling is this? Since we started following you, now all our wives and children have been taken away. Our investments have been taken. When would you become king? Since you said you'd be king, we have followed you. It's taking a long time. Now look at what has happened to us. The Bible says, and they thought of stoning David. Please, let's go quickly to First Samuel. Chapter 30, verse 6 to 8. Seek him in prayer. David found himself in a depressing state. Things are not working. And remember, God is with him. I've always said that when you serve God, the existence of challenges and problems is not an indication of the absence of God's presence. Sometimes challenges are ways by which God takes us to the next level. So, David was greatly distressed. Have you seen that word there? Greatly distressed, depressed. He's, he is not himself. You ask yourself, this is the man that God himself. David didn't ask to be anointed. He's, he's taking care. He's minding his own business somewhere. And God sends Samuel to come to his father's house. He said he has rejected the king that is ruling. That king too was his choice. He has decided to reject that one. He asked someone to come to David's father's house to anoint a man. The man realized his last born is a very little boy. He doesn't look like a king. Kings have to be people who are in the army already, just like the first king. So he brought his older boys. And for a space of one hour, I believe, Samuel committed seven mistakes. The prophets looked look at Eliab and said, this is the Lord's anointed. God said, not him, not him, not him. Seven. Then Samuel asked, is there anybody else? The man said, oh, I've got a little boy. He's somewhere in the bush. He's taking care of sheep. He said, we will not sit until he comes. And when that boy came, the Bible says, and the Lord spoke immediately to someone and said, this is he. Arise and anoint him. So the boy didn't ask to be anointed. And then after all this anointing and everything, now whilst he's serving you, you have allowed, where was God when the Amalekites were destroying things and taking David's wife and children away? Sometimes God is not dead. He's just watching. Amen. And so, with all these things, doubts, fear, hopelessness, let's give up. Our investment is gone, now our wives are gone, and our children too are gone. So, what's, what's the use of serving this God, David? The Bible said, David was greatly distressed, for his people spoke of stoning him. They want to blame him. Because the soul of all his people were grieved. Every man for his sons and his daughters. But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. Don't let the crisis kill you. You have many more years to live. 
He strengthened himself in the Lord his God. He could also choose to join them and let's all cry. But after we have cried, crying alone does not solve the problem. You must look for the solution. So he too had cried, had wept. But then what made it bad for him was that the men he's counting on are thinking of stoning him. They are blaming him for everything now. And the Bible says he strengthened himself. I believe that just like Job, he looked for God. He, he remembered the promise of God. He remembered, he looked into the scriptures, I believe, and he will remember, but God, I killed Goliath with a stone. It's not normal. You were with me. But God, I didn't ask to be anointed, and you called me, and Samuel anointed me with oil. But God, you did that, and you did that, and you did that. And it was you that actually gave me victory over a lion and a bear. Lord, you can't fail me here. You know, so he remembered something and said, if this is the same case, if I could go after a lamb that has been taken by a lion and a bear, then if my children are not dead, I can recover them. So the Bible says he strengthened himself by the word of the Lord. David strengthened himself, and the Bible says... Then David said to Abiathar the priest, can you imagine what is going on here? 600 men. And in addition to these 600 mighty men with David, there was also the priest with him. And those days the priest had what we call the ephod, which has what they call the urim and thummim. It's, they are like some stones and they were dedicated that those days the priest could look at that and be able to communicate with God. It was their point of contact to God. It was like the moving, it was like a, a mobile tabernacle of the Holy of Holies. It was like mobile and it's on the chest of the priest when he wears that effort. So, Abiata was having the thing with him. But Abiata was having what he can use to access the presence of God. But he himself, his wife and children has been taken, so he's crying. The priest should be praying for what has happened. He too is crying. So, David looked at it and said, Bring the thing. Let me pray myself. Pastor, stop what if you if you can't pray for us now. Let me also pray. I can see God myself. I can see God myself. Ladies and gentlemen, there comes a time when Pastor is not around. You should be able to see God yourself. In the closet of your room, you can turn to God and cry. The Bible says Isaiah brought bad news to Hezekiah and said to him, This is what the Lord says. You will die. So get your house in order. Second Kings. And the Bible said, Ezekiah heard the news and he turned himself on the wall and faced the wall. He turned himself on the bed and faced the wall in his bedroom and he began to pray. Because Isaiah, you have come to deliver the message. I don't know what to do to you. God sent you. I can't tell you to change, but I can also talk to God. May you be strong in God. So the Bible says, David said, please bring me the effort. And Abiathar brought it to him. <laughs> And the Bible said, look at David, verse 8. So David inquired of the Lord himself. Amen. He, he sought God there. And he says to God, shall I pursue this troop? That's what I'm saying. When you are seeking in prayer, the first aspect of prayer and seeking is asking questions. Sometimes what you are dealing with is not commanding God to provide. It's to ask him, Father, is this possible? What should I do? What should I do? You asked all those questions. You don't know, but God has a way of answering them. So pray a prayer of inquiry. Ask God questions. What are we dealing with? Because if you don't know what you are dealing with, you may be using the wrong equipment to try to solve the problem. 
If someone is sick and we don't know what is wrong with the person, treatment becomes very difficult. You may end up giving a treatment which you use for somebody else, but what caused the problem is different. Everybody's case is different, even though the symptoms may look the same. Isn't it? Yeah. When you are pregnant, you may have headache and vomit. But a man too can get headache and vomit and he's not pregnant. So you can't give those things to, to, to men, what you give to women to handle the, the sickness. <laughs> are you here? Glory be to Jesus. It's the same thing. You can't you can, you can give. If somebody's vomiting and, and coughing and having headache, it, it may have malaria. And you give all the queens, you know, chloroquine, first line of treatment, all those other things. But you can't give that to a pregnant woman. That's why you must first of all find out what is the cause. So if the sister is reporting the same thing, find out first so that you don't load her with those things that will evacuate the womb and end up killing a baby. So ask questions. Say, shall I pursue this troop? See, David didn't go there. Father, in the name of Jesus, I have come. I have come. I have come. You know, when we were young, so there was one, prayer, one brother. Anytime we come to the prayer meeting, his tongue says, Mabo, Mabo, Mabo. I said, This guy, is he saying, God, I have come? <laughs> because in tree, Mabo is have come. <laughs> his tongue says, Mabo, Mabo, Mabo. <laughs> so don't go and shout, Mabo, God, Mabo. <laughs> uh, I command witches live. Sometimes it's not a witch. Ask God, should I pursue after this troop? Amen. Shall I overtake them? He asks, okay, even if it's yes, would I be able to overtake them? And the Bible says the Lord answered him, pursue. Amen. And then the Lord said to him, for you shall overtake them. You see, God answered his specific prayers. Did you notice that? He prayed two prayer topics. One, shall I pursue after this troop? Number two, would I be able to overtake them? Then God says to him, number one, pursue. Number two, you will surely overtake them. And, that's why he didn't ask, but God knows it is in his heart. You will surely recover all. Based on the word of God and the promise, the man was ready to move. His, his generals would say, but which direction? He said, God says, let's just follow me. God said, first, just follow me. And of course, the Bible says, in the end, they recovered everything. They recovered everything. And God overturned that depressing mood in the camp and brought them joy. Hallelujah. If he hadn't prayed, they would have stayed there like that, cried and ended and said, oh, maybe it's the will of God. There are many times we have said God has given and God has taken. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And then we relax. He hasn't taken anything. If you check with him in prayer, he will tell you pursue. We give up too easily because circumstances were overwhelming us and we think, I think it's God. Has he told you it is him? This was a case. If somebody was to advise David here, he said, David, hold it. You see, if God, if God could have saved your children and all this, you know, but for the fact that they have been gone away for three days now, I think it's the will of God. Just, you just mourn and have a memorial service and just, just, you have got 600, at least you'll be fine. You'll be fine. But, but God said to him, pursue them. Amen. Seek him in prayer. Things may be looking gloomy, but I tell you, with God, nothing is impossible. And when we pray, as we seek him in prayer, look out, watch and pray. May God open your eyes. If you follow the story, as they pursued the people, they don't know which direction they took. The Bible says, and they found an Egyptian sick to the point of death. 
they would have over, over, I mean, just passed over him. I mean, we are looking for our children. If an Egyptian is sick, what's the problem? Of course, what has Israel got to do with Egypt ever since we crossed the Red Sea? We don't have anything to do with Egyptians. They are their enemies. But here you find an Egyptian in the field and sick and to the point of death. And whilst his men were about to pass, David said, hold on. Let's attend to this guy. Give him food. Give him water. And as they were nice to him, then they asked him, where have you been? He said, oh, three days ago I fell sick. But earlier on, we had invaded the south. I went for an Amalekite and we destroyed the camp and took all the women. He said, oh, wow. What an answer to prayer. Ladies and gentlemen, the answer to prayer will come in ways that we don't expect, but do the prayer first. Amen. And when David had prayed and David had inquired, they gave him food and his spirit was revived. And then he showed them where the enemy was. And the Bible says David pursued them and he recovered all. There is a way when we seek God. Seek him in prayer. Amen. When Jesus was feeling that way, in a state of depression, the Bible says in Matthew 26, even Jesus, the son of God, was in that moment in his life. That moment also came. Darkness will come. Evening will come one day. There's an evening in everybody's life, but how do you come out of it? Seek God in prayer. In Jesus' name. Whatever be the case, do the prayer. Amen. Do the prayer. You may not have strength to pray that long, but do the prayer. So you make an inquiry in prayer, and there are times that the prayer also must be a prayer that is enforcing the will of God. Enforcing the will of God. Making a request and enforcing. So it's not every prayer that is, Father, just do, just do. Ask questions. That's a prayer we don't like to pray. How can you go three hours in asking questions? But it's one of the most effective prayers because once you get the answer from God, you are not going to miss it. Look at Jesus, the Son of God. The Bible says in verse 36 of Matthew 26, Then Jesus came with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to the disciples, Sit here. While I go and pray over there. Have you seen it there? He said, I'm going to pray. And you guys who sit here and also pray with me. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee. So what's going on here is that he had come with 11 of his men. Remember, Judas had broke camp. And he's gone betraying. So only 11 of the disciples were with him at this stage. And the Bible says, whilst he sat them all down and said, I'm going to pray. Then he also decided to go with the three. His inner circle, Peter, James, and John. He took them further with, with him. So if the rest were come here in this room, he took them further towards the car park and left these ones here and took James, Peter, and John further. And then he confided in them. The man who said he's going to pray, he was confiding in them actually how he's feeling, which he feels that the solution to come out of this depressed environment is prayer. Look at him here. And the Bible says he took with him and he began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed. You see the same word used for David? And David was distressed. Jesus also felt a state of depression. He was distressed. He says he began to be sorrowful and deeply. He couldn't tell the rest, but he could confide in the inner circle. Sometimes there are things you can't tell everybody, but you can tell those that are close. 
Amen. Jesus could, could tell, he, he can't tell Bartholomew and Thomas this one, but he can tell James this one, and can tell John and Peter this one. That I, I feel very sorrowful. I feel, how would how you, how, how can you handle if your pastor tells you he's feeling down? <laughs> it's not easy, isn't it? If your pastor himself is feeling very sorrowful, how do you comfort him? That's the man who comforts you all the time. What can you say to him in his moment of grief? Like I'm going through. I know most of you would like to tell me something, but you just don't know what to say. Some of you are shy to come to me. And you wonder, what can we tell him that will comfort him? But whilst you are having all those things, it leaves me alone and lonely. The higher you go, the lonely it is. So Christ felt that way, but he had an inner circle he could confide in. If you saw your pastor so sick and vomiting, would you, would you come to church again? That's why Thomas mustn't see this one. So he didn't show Thomas. Thomas, look at brother Thomas. <laughs> oh, Thomas. <laughs> Very interesting character. Look at verse 38. So after he had, he's going through these motions, he said he's going to pray, but then now he opened his mouth and confided in these three. Then he said to these three, my soul is not just sorrowful, it's exceedingly sorrowful. Your soul is the seat of your emotions. He's saying, emotionally, I am down. You guys might pray for me. Wow. These are levels of relationship, even in a team. And then the Bible says, even to death, stay here and watch with me. Now, when he says watch with me, it doesn't mean take your mobile and delete it. That's the generation we have now. You are even sinking what they actually show. Instead of them to lift you up, they are now all afraid to lift you up. The person is going through a moment of pain. And he says, watch with me. He didn't say, take your mobile phone. He said, pray with me. Senior pastor Jesus says, I am exceedingly sorrowful. A depressing atmosphere hangs around me. Emotionally, I am down. Stay here and pray with me. He's calling for prayer. Jesus is telling us, in a state of depression, prayer is still the key. Whatever be the case, prayer will still be the key. I pray, I don't know what's going on in your home, but prayer should still be the key. I pray in the name of Jesus, you receive strength to pray in Jesus' name. You need to lift that, shake off that atmosphere. It must be lifted off so the presence of God can be in the place. He says, stay here and watch with me. Hallelujah. Glory be to Jesus. And the Bible says that he, he then went a little further from them, fell on his face and prayed. Verse 39. He went further from these three. So now he left them with a prayer topic, poured his heart to them, and now he moves alone. So he has created three camps. One, himself alone. Two, he has left three people to be back in prayer and has left the other eight to do further prayers. When he came, both sets were sleeping. <laughs> and he said, oh my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but your will be done. So he's praying the will of God to be done in the matter. The Lord, if it is you that wants me to go through this, give me the strength to go through this. And let in the end, let your will still be done. Your will will still be to my advantage in the name of Jesus. And that's the prayer. And then he came 
to the disciples and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, what? Could you not wait with me one hour? It means even in a state of depression, he could manage one hour, first round. Then he went again and came back. So in the summary, you will see that Jesus prayed three hours. When he says, my soul is sorrowful. He's teaching us a message here that even in a state of depression, prayer is still the key. And no matter what, master the strength to do some prayer because it changes something. It changes something. It may not make sense, but it works. It lifts your soul out of depression. Prayer is a very mysterious thing that God created. We just have to do the prayer. Receive strength to pray. In the name of Jesus, no matter the gloomy news we are hearing, there is a place in God when we go to him in prayer. In Jesus' name. And he prayed. And he says, watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. You know there are times that you feel you should pray, but your body is really tired. And not only the body, but the news you have heard is, you, you don't even have the strength to pray. Receive strength to pray. May God raise people to pray with you. But whatever be the case, you must do the prayer. Tell somebody, do the prayer. Number three, and I end it there. The way to come out of the state of depression is praise. Amen. An atmosphere of praise. So after we seek him in his word, and we seek him in prayer, then we praise. Praise is a powerful spiritual warfare weapon. Many times we think only prayer is, but praise is a very powerful spiritual weapon when it comes to war. In Isaiah 61 verse 3, God gives us a clue. He says that in that day, the Lord God is going to do the following for these categories of people. To console those who mourn in Zion, I will give them beauty for the ashes that has been put on them. And he says, and I'll give them oil of joy for mourning. In other words, oil of joy in the place of mourning. Then he says, and I'll give them the garment of praise in place of the spirit of heaviness. Hallelujah. When we feel so depressed, we feel very heavy. A spirit of heaviness. You just can't explain. You can't do anything. There's no joy. You are not excited. Nothing. It says, the spirit of heaviness, so that they will be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, so that the Lord will be glorified. Amen. Praise is the weapon that replaces heaviness. Sometimes you wake up and you feel very heavy. You just don't know what it is. You are not happy. You can't explain why you are not even happy. Even when you know why you are not happy, it becomes worse. Everything is heavy. You, don't, you are not excited about anything. You are worried. You are concerned. Praise will break through that atmosphere. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Because God inhabits the praises of his people. Whenever we begin to praise, mysteriously, God's presence comes into the place. The Bible says in Psalm 22 verse 3, it says, but you are holy. You that inhabits the praises of Israel. God inhabits. That's why in their war with the three nations, the Bible says, and Jehoshaphat guarded the people. And after preparing the army and everything, consulting with the people, the Bible says, and he placed singers ahead. 
And as they began to praise God and to sing praise the Lord, praise the Lord for he is good and his message shall endure, the Bible says, and God immediately, as soon as they began to sing, God began to cause an ambushment against the enemy and they began to fight against each other because God immediately came in front of the army. Praises brings the presence of God into that room, into that car, into your life, into the situation. God inhabits. That means he's not in transit. He inhabits the praises of his people. And when God's presence comes into a place, depression must give way. Doubt will give way. Fear will give way. Suddenly you don't know what has happened, but something changes. And I'm sure many of you here will testify to that. Sometimes as you begin to sing, or sometimes you feel so down when you get to church. By the time we start singing and worshiping and praising, something lifts off. This morning, may you lift a song of praise in the name of Jesus. So sometimes, no matter the situation, you could sing, for death could not hold him captive. Even in the grave, he is Lord in the name of Jesus. No matter what is going on, I pray that God will inspire a song in your spirit. The moment you begin to sing it, it lifts that whole atmosphere off. My spirit magnifies the Lord. My soul praises his name. Even death could not hold him captive. Even in the grave, he is Lord. Hallelujah. Let's sing that song shortly in the name of Jesus Christ. My spirit magnifies the Lord. Depending on what you are going through, just like I taught you in the word, you, use, you look for a word that speaks to the situation. You look for a song that speaks to the situation. And it must be a song that has its roots in the word of God. Oh, yes. Magnifies the Lord. And my soul. My soul. Pray. This song is speaking to this morning.
Sometimes you may be going through something and you want to sing because he leaves, I can face tomorrow. These are songs you lift up and it changes the atmosphere and it brings God's presence and the impossible becomes possible. I want us to lift that song in the name of the Lord Jesus because he leaves, I can face tomorrow. Get a, get a key. Begin to prophesy to your situation. Speak to yourself. I don't know how and what news you have heard. you may be going through things like the woman that great woman of Samaria whose only breakthrough she got from God ended up dying and while she left that dead body in the room, his son the son he has been looking for for all these years and the Bible says as she headed towards Elisha Elisha asked her, is everything well? she said it is well sometimes you need to prophesy into that situation in a song of praise and say it is well when peace like a river attended my soul. Let's raise that song in the name of Jesus Christ. And I want you to prophesy. These songs are prophetic. It's, it's lifting somebody out of a state of depression this morning in the name of Jesus. It is well. 
Sometimes you need to look at the case and say it is well. My soul. to the situation this morning. Jesus' name. 
It is well in Jesus' name. Depression be lifted up. I want you to pray this scripture before I move to the next stage of the service. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 13 and 16. I want you to pray that prayer for yourself. In this atmosphere, in this climate, Paul said, I ask that you don't lose heart at my tribulation. He wrote to the church, he said, don't be depressed because you heard I'm in prison. He said, Paul had been arrested and they heard it and he felt they would feel very depressed and he prayed for them. And he says, therefore, I pray that God will grant you according to the riches of his glory, verse 16, to be strengthened with might through his spirit in your inner man. This morning you want to pray that Lord, strengthen with me with might in my spirit. Prayer might in the name of Jesus. So I will be able to pray even in the midst of a depressing atmosphere, a depressing news that it will not sink me, but I will rise by the help of the Lord. The strength of God, this morning you want to pray that God will grant unto you strength to pray, 